Now, when I think about the character of God and when I think about who he is, obviously we're going to be talking about how do we describe him? How does he describe himself? I think about me as a person. How do people describe me? How do people, you know, refer to me? And so, uh, you know, I thought what better way than to let everyone know how my children think about me. So this was, I was actually, you know, knew we were going to be talking about this on, on Sunday night, and we were having this conversation, I think it was around dinner this week or, or something, but uh, we have discovered in my house, okay, if any of you know, um, Shannon is my wife, and I am the quiet, um, the quiet one, and she's the loud one, and so we were having this conversation around the dinner table, and my kids were like, yeah, dad's like... He like yells, he's mean, he's like, he's scary. Like, I mean, look at me. Do I, do I look like that? Would I, would I ever intimidate an aunt? Um, and, and so and they're like, and mom is so loving and caring and kind. And I'm like, who yells more at you guys? I know it's her. They're like, no, no, it's definitely you. You are definitely the one. And so it was, just a, it was, a, it was a fun conversation and, and just bringing to the surface that I'm really a, a, an incredibly mean, intimidating person. Um, so get out of my way. Uh, but, but in that, I, I was thinking back this week, uh, a couple months ago, I got an email from someone someone that's really close to me, and uh, this is what the email said. Thank you that you work for us to pay our bills. Thank you for when you have the time to hang out that you do. Thank you for paying for a guest pass for the gym. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for helping me with stuff, and thank you for working with me on my math homework the other day. That was my youngest. Uh, she sent me an email one day, which you know, I told her later, I was like, I was literally sitting at work crying, reading your email, because I needed to hear that. But, but going back to that understanding that the, the lens that people see you through, whether good or bad, say a lot about who you are. They say a lot about the things that you bring to the table, a lot about the, the things that, that characterize who you are as a person. And that is no different with God. It's no different than with our creator. Uh, and so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the things, some of the ways that God describes himself. And let me be real honest with you. Over the next few weeks, you might hear some things that, that are ways that God describes himself that you go, ah, I don't know if I would use those words to describe God because there may be a wound there. There may be something that has happened in your life or, or something that has created pain that, that blocks you from seeing God in the light of who he really is. And so I just want to encourage you over the next few weeks to kind of lean into that. Lean into to, to these ways as we discuss who God is and the character of who he is to, to really find where you are in that story. Um, but all of this is going to come out of, and, and so this is a spoiler alert, I'm going to give you all the characteristics of God that we're going to be talking over the next few weeks, because this is really the theme uh, of what it is found in Exodus 34, verses 6 through 7. And it says here that, and he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, and then he goes into a description of who he is. 
the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, and he punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. But in this short little passage, the care, it, this is literally God speaking for a moment to Moses in an interchange in the Old Testament. And he's saying, this is who I am. This is the character of who I am in your life, who I want to be in your life, what makes me who I am. And so as you think about those things, you know, let, let's go back one, uh, go back to the beginning there. Compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love, forgiving wickedness. As you think about those, I want you to do something for me uh, tonight. So we're going we're gonna to stop and do this a few times during the message. And it just works out really well because you're sitting at tables and there's people across from you. And so normally you may come in and you're used to sitting and listening to somebody talk. Tonight, I'm going to force you to talk. Uh, and so what I want you to do is I'm going to pose a question right now. And at your tables, just with the people right around you, across from you, whatever that looks like, I want you to answer the question, what words do you use to describe God? Now, here's the key. They can be good and they can be bad. But in your life, in, in your experiences with God, what words would you use to describe who he is? You got about one minute or two and go. All right, hopefully everybody got a chance just to share a little something right there, but kind of get you, get you talking, get you out of, your, out of your comfort zone for a moment, but as you, as you talked about some of those different words, we're going to come back to the very first one that he used to describe himself with in this passage, compassionate, compassion. It's not a word we use a lot. It's not a word, it's definitely not a word in our culture right now that is thrown around very often. <laughs> um, and so I think it's also a word that sometimes we may not even relate to, we, to, to, to fully understand. Um, I love the thought of compassion. Uh, when, when I see people who are suffering, when I see people that are in a place where they need compassion, I 
I often love the thought of offering compassion, but then how many times in my life do I get too busy to be compassionate? Do I get too distracted to be compassionate? How many times have I felt lack of compassion to and for myself, which has translated into me not sharing compassion with the people around me. There's a lot of, a lot of ways that we fail to walk in compassion. Um, but compassion is central to who God is. Compassion is central to his character. It's central to everything about him. And so, get to turn to everybody around you one more uh, again. And I want you to answer this question. When is a time that you've been a recipient of compassion from someone, and how did it make you feel? Dig deep into the places of your memory. A time that you received compassion from someone, and how did it make you feel? Ooh. All right, I'll give you just a few seconds here to wrap up with the last person talking. Now that you've kind of talked about some compassionate acts, I want to come back to, to God. And compassion is not, for me, one of the first words that I use to describe God. Um, compassion is, and, and, and I think for some people in this room, and especially outside of this room, compassion is not a word that usually comes to the surface when we talk about God. Uh, when we talk about God, we talk about him as the, as the great man upstairs, as kind of a, a, aloof and distant. Um, and, and, and maybe it's kind of like my kids around the dinner table. God is angry. God yells. <laughs> 
She's, I'm throwing you under the table. I'm throwing you in, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but but all, you, there, there are other things that rise to the surface. And especially as men, when we think of God the Father, compassion is not necessarily a word that we correlate with that. Um, you, you know, in, in fact, when we use terms like God the Father, for some people, that can create a reaction. Because when we try to correlate God the Father and, and we have a earthly father, maybe in a scenario where we did not have a good relationship or it was an abusive relationship or it created angst in our life and, and we try to, to relate to God as a father and compassion and, and all of those things just don't make, like they don't, they're not congruent and they don't feel like they go together. And so compassion can be a very difficult word for us to, to understand in the context of being the character of God. But I want to jump into a, a passage in Isaiah 49. Um, just to give you a little context, the, the Israelites in the Old Testament had been 70 years in captivity in a foreign land that they did not know, they didn't belong. They, it, they were captives. And Isaiah was written to them as an encouragement. Isaiah was, was a prophet, and he was speaking into this situation, and, and specifically in Isaiah 49, he was basically saying, do you feel like giving up? Well, let me give you hope. Let me talk to you about the compassion of your father, that even in the midst of this horrible situation, let me speak to you about the compassion. He says in verse 13, sing for joy, O heavens, shout, O earth. Break forth with song, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion upon them in their sorrow. Yet they say, my Lord deserted us. He has forgotten us. In this moment, he's saying, he has compassion on you. And they're saying, well, we've been wandering for 70 years in captivity. Where is the compassion? Where is the love in all of this? And in verse 15, he says, never. Can a mother forget her little child and not have love for her own son? Yet even if that should be, I will not forget you. He doesn't respond and say, oh, like a father. <laughs> he says, like a mother. Will not forsake her own son. Will not walk away from her daughter will not neglect, that is the same as God. I will not forget you. I will have compassion on you. There is a maternal quality that is talked about in this passage referring to God. A maternal quality of compassion that honestly as a man, I don't get. <laughs> And honestly, as, as a man, I don't fully grasp and understand the depth of that. Um, but I find this very interesting. There's a word in the Hebrew language for compassion. And I'm going to butcher it, but it's called rakum. And this word is literally means compassion, and it's the word we find in the Bible for the word compassion. But there's another word in the Hebrew language that is, is extremely similar and comes from the same root, means 
it, it, it all relates to it, and the word is rakim, the word for womb, a mother's womb. Now stop, let that sink in just for a moment. The word for compassion in the Hebrew language and the word for a mother's womb are interwoven and interconnected. And that's the God that we're talking about. When he refers to himself in Exodus that he is a compassionate God, that's the connection he's trying to make for us. When, when he speaks in Isaiah to a nation that was bound in bondage, and he says, the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion upon them in their sorrow. A mother can never forget her little child and can never not have love for her own son. He's making a correlation, a maternal correlation of the womb, of the compassion that he has for his people. So I want you to take a moment, because some of you are like, okay. So when I make the statement here, how does it make you feel to compare God to a mother? I want you to just for a moment in your, in your circles here at your tables, how does that make you feel? When I make that statement, I just want you to share with each other, good or bad, how does that make you feel? All right, as, as you guys wrap that up, I'm going to ask Shannon to come up here just for a moment. And I think the beautiful thing in this is it can be very easy, and I love that we're going through talking about all of these different characters and qualities of God, because it can be very easy to pigeonhole God and say, this is who he is, and here's the box that he fits in. But if you look at humankind, man and female, all of the characters and the qualities that he has infused in all of us is who he is. 
And compassion is such a big part of that. And I was talking with Shannon, and she told me this, and I was like, okay, you got to share this because I'm a dude, and I don't get it. Um, but I, I asked her, like, when, when you think of as a mom, what is, like, what is the one thing that really rises to the top? And you talked about a physical ache. And so I want you to share that just for a moment. <laughs> Listen. Nobody told me I had Hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, so I remember when I had gave birth to Lindsay, and obviously she's my first, so first mom time, you know. <clears throat> and we were going to leave for like like two hours, like two-hour date. That's it. And she was, I don't know, four or five weeks old. And I got we got in the car, and we were leaving with family. It's not like I left her with a stranger, but I literally was weeping in the car. I was like, I can't leave her. I can't leave her. I have to be. And it's because I physically felt like I was being ripped away from, like I could not be away from her. I had to be there because what if she cries? What if she's hungry? What if she, and all the mamas are nodding their heads. Um, and so it, and then every time you have to, you know, and then they get older and you, you, you get used to it a little bit more, a little bit. I'm about to send one out in her car to drive and the physical ache is starting to rise to the surface again. <laughs> but um, it's this, yeah, there's, I can't, there's nothing else I've experienced in my life that compares to that sense of of an, like, I'm tethered to my children, and when they're not with me, I feel it. I physically can feel it right here, and it hurts sometimes. It hurts. So, um, did that answer your question? Okay. Yes. And I'm like, well, let's just go on a date. They'll be fine. Yeah, he's in the car like, it's fine, it's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. They'll, they'll be alive. They might have poop everywhere and stuff, but they'll be fine. Um, and there, there's just a difference in that. And I think it's this beautiful picture of, like, I, I don't, I can never fully understand that. But that's who God is. And I need that in my life. I need him to feel the ache and the pain when, when there's separation. When I'm choosing to step away from when I'm choosing to kind of go, I'm, uh, and, and there's a physical ache on his, his side that draws me back, like that compassion and that that brings me back to him. Like I need, like I don't have to understand it fully, but I need it because there are moments that that's the only thing that will bring, bring me back into life with him. So thank you for sharing. Um, and so ultimately, God the Father has a mother's heart of compassion for you. What she just described, he feels for you. That is the depth of his compassion that I think a lot of times we, we know, but especially as men, I, I think we don't fully grasp that because we don't have a reference point for it. But it's reality and it's truth. Um, and then the beauty of it is Jesus is like the culmination of that. God, like, here's the thing. God was so like overwhelmed with the compassion that he said, I am going to send my son to physically be on earth 
with the people that I love. Like, the, the physical, you know, I think of it like in that physical ache is so large and so deep that I am physically going to send the, my presence in the form of Jesus Christ to die on a cross because my compassion runs that deep. And, and Jesus came to relieve suffering. In Matthew 9, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In Luke 13, he brought hope. So many times I have longed to gather your wayward children together around me as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were too stubborn to let me. There was this hope that, and he's like, like a mother hen, I want to I bring you in. I want to give you hope. I want to give you something new. In Ephesians 4, he wants to share restoration. He, he says, to us, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So here's the crazy thing, full circle, okay? This is where we're getting to. We start all the way back in Exodus with God having a conversation with Moses, saying, I'm a compassionate God. And then we see, like you read the Old Testament, you see all of the crazy stuff that happened, all of the times that people turned their back on God. His people said no over and over and over again. We come to Isaiah and he says, I am a God of compassion. I will never forget you. And then we come to the New Testament and we see Jesus coming, the very physical form of compassion that Jesus has for us dies on a cross in a full act of compassion to then allow us to be a conduit of his compassion to a lost and broken humanity. All the way from Exodus to today, he's a God of compassion. And his compassion shows up in the way we treat people. His compassion shows up in the way we interact. His compassion shows up when we sit across the table from someone and we cry with them, his compassion shows up when we sit and we listen and we don't cast judgment and we don't cast blame. His compassion shows up when someone comes back in and we accept and love them with open arms. You see, his compassion isn't just a, a theory. It's not just something that we talk about and, and it sounds good. But that physical ache should live inside of every one of us. To the point, and, and this, is, this is what I struggle with, to the point that when I see people that have not collided with the compassion of God, there should be a physical ache inside of me that says I want them to experience that compassion. The compassion that I've experienced. And if you're in this room tonight and you say, I, I don't even know if I've experienced that compassion, then I dare you to be open and honest about that. I dare you to say to someone around you, I have no clue what Alan's talking about tonight when it comes to the compassion of God. Because I haven't experienced, I don't understand what that looks like. I see him as a... a 
as a God that has forgotten me. I see him as a God that, that just kind of looks at me with disdain. I see him as a God that, that doesn't understand me. I see him as, as, as whatever, fill in the blank. I dare you to be gut honest about that and invite a conversation, invite someone into that space to bring the compassion of God in because he's got a physical ache to be with you, to be present. And I read this quote, and I thought this was really profound, but it was referring to this passage in Isaiah. This is what it says. Now here's a thought-provoking question. Is it possible that God allows us to experience times of bitter loneliness so that we can discover his comfort, compassion, and faithful presence. Once we experience God in our loneliest place, the place where we, where we feel most abandoned by humans, we begin to comprehend that he is always there. He has always been there. His love and his comfort surround us no matter where we go. Deep, soul-crushing loneliness is often the very experience that draws us back to God or closer to Him when we drift away. He is with us through the long, dark night of the soul. I will never forget you, He whispers to us. Let this truth uphold you. Let it sink in deep. God will never forget you. You see, I think in my own story, there are moments where I feel a little bit like the people that he was speaking to in Isaiah. I feel a little neglected by him. I feel a little like he knows, but does he really care? And, and even in my own life, I deal with a a chronic sickness, and sometimes, just like this past weekend, it rises up, and, and, and it makes life difficult. And in those moments, it's really easy to go, God, where's your compassion? But it's also in those moments where I come back to the truth that he will never forgive me, that he will never walk away from me, but it is in that deep physical ache that he has for me that his compassion and its fullness rushes into my life, and in return, I give that compassion back out to others because I want them to know. I want them to see. I want them to feel. I want them to know the God of compassion that I know. So I want you to bow your head right now. you want to come up and play just a little bit of music for us and one of the most beautiful things about compassion is that compassion encourages us there's an encouragement in compassion you see compassion can't be sarcastic compassion can only be authentic 
And so tonight, as, as we just sit for a moment, I want you to invite the God of compassion into your life. Whether you've known him your entire life, whether tonight is your first experience with him, wherever you are in that journey, I want you just for a moment to invite the God of compassion to just rest in your heart and in your soul. And then as you do that, I want you to step out of the comfort zone of just resting in compassion. I want you to let that flow out of you to somebody around you. Maybe that just looks like a prayer that you pray over them. Maybe it looks like an encouraging word that you have for someone else in this room. Maybe it looks like a hug. Maybe it looks like just sitting for a moment and crying. But over the next few moments, I want you to just, as you allow His compassion to flood you, I want you then to begin to give out of that compassion to the people around you. Maybe you have to get out of your seat and walk across to the other side of the room and sit with someone. And then tonight, if you're here, and just like I said earlier, you have kind of a, you're like, I'm not even getting the compassion right now. Can, can I ask you to be honest with someone tonight? Because there's somebody in this room that has some compassion to share with you because they've experienced it from the Father. So I'm going to let you guys just, we're not going to have like an official dismissal. I just want you over these next few moments, please share compassion with each other. Engage in that with each other. Suzanne, I love what you said earlier. Don't just watch. Participate. So let's do that tonight.
compassion can feel really good. Interesting thing about compassion is it usually comes in the midst of pain. And so compassion can be really solemn, but it brings hope. It brings life. It brings a hope and a restoration to what is broken. And so God, I ask tonight that your compassion would restore brokenness in this room that your compassion would bring hope in the midst of hopeless situations. And I ask that as we go home tonight, as we go our separate ways, that there would just be moments where we would be so overwhelmed that, it would, that, that we could literally feel your presence of compassion upon us and that it would bring hope and restoration in our lives. And this week, show me, show each one of us someone that we can share that compassion with. Let my eyes be open to see who is the person that I am not going to walk past, that I'm not going to be too, too distracted to miss, that I can share compassion with. Your deep physical ache, longing to be with them, longing to never leave them. So Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, we thank you for that tonight. We invite you into that in your name. Amen.